Hello, that's Sarah. That's Emily. And this is Lightweight True Crime. Sounded like the glasses broke. It did not, for the record. That's real good. Oh my gosh, Emily just gulped. No, it's hard because there's ice in it, mm. so I was trying to keep the ice back. Sure, 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 sure. Look, it didn't go down that much. What are we? What are we drinking, Em? Tonight we are drinking not your father's root beer. Wait, is it my father's root beer? No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not oh, your father's okay. root beer. Interesting. It's my father's root oh, beer. Oh, okay. Just kidding. The it's brand is not, not your father's root beer. It's not his either. And it's delicious and this is my second and i'm like oh my gosh this is your warm. second oh well i had like two-thirds at dinner still and then the ice melted and i got watered down so i dimmed it out so it was like second drink like pam in the office yeah. my face is so hot oh my gosh i'm super into you two drinks in starting the podcast yeah i like it a it's lot it's gonna be fun oh my gosh that's so funny and ryan's drinking peanut butter flavored whiskey yeah tell tell us about your purchase of that today and yeah what the guy so told you i went to buy the not your father's root beer at bevmo and this tiny little what is it 50 milliliter just like the tiny little shot glass airplane bottles of this screwball peanut butter whiskey was sitting at the register and i was like ryan loves peanut butter ryan loves whiskey gonna buy it <laughs> and the guy who was like ringing me up was like oh man this stuff is like going to get you messed up. And I was like, <laughs> obviously just buying one little thing, but <laughs> like, I don't think he was saying this little bottle is going to sure. get you messed up, but he was like, Oh, it's so, it's so good. You're just, you can drink so much of it and not know like how drunk you're getting. And I was like, Oh, my husband loves peanut butter. And he was like, this is what you do. You, you mix it with some vanilla ice cream or you mix it with some grape soda and then it becomes a PB and J. And then he was like, wait, no, you go get a Reese's McFlurry from McDonald's. <laughs> this guy. That, that sounds like the best. He drinks this every night. Yeah, I think so. Although he did also say that he drank an entire six pack of Not Your Father's Root Beer once. Well, he was really selling the items yeah. you, were, you were there with I today. was already buying them. I yeah. was like, guy, you don't it's need to It's like, are you, you on commission? Like, what's yeah. happening here? So Ryan will give us an update of what Ew, he thinks about it. It smells like peanut butter. Hold on, let me smell it. Yeah, it smells like chemically peanut butter. Oh my gosh, Emily just put a little bit on her tongue. Good thing you two are married. It tastes like peanut butter. So we'll have but Ryan. But like, it tastes like peanut butter flavored nail polish remover. Yeah, not into that. Uh, we'll have Ryan give us, oh, shite. Um, <laughs> my computer Sarah just dropped her computer. Whoops, we're good. Um, we'll have Ryan give us an update of what he thinks about it. Um, at halftime. Yeah, at halftime half, of the half-time. podcast, halftime. Um, there's Ryan, s- put it over ice. Why did you just drink it right out of the bottle? You're not giving. He's looking. He, he is says looking. you have to taste it in its purest form. I don't no, know. That's more like two shots. I don't know. Fifty milliliters. This is excellent. This is podcasting. America, guys. <laughs> we use nonsensical forms of measurement, we like make, ounces. We make everyone else learn our system and refuse to learn anything ourselves. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I was going to tell you yeah. tonight 
so I get to Ryan and Emily's for dinner and to do laundry before we record the podcast. And I, Emily and I basically don't talk to each other in the couple of hours that that takes. It's be- true. Because we're trying to save all of our good content for the podcast. So what I was going to tell you is 100% not true crime related, but I knew you'd enjoy it. So last night I was going to have um, dinner with my friend in LA. Let's call him Dan. Um, It wasn't a date. I'll tell you who it actually is later. I just don't want to use his name on the podcast. So we were going to have dinner. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And he texts me and he's like, hey, um, so you know my brother works at Netflix and he has early access to the Taylor Swift documentary. (gasps) Do you want to grab food and then go to his house and watch it? So I got to watch the new Taylor Swift documentary. That, oh my like, God, my mouth is wide open. It drops on Netflix on the 31st and I got to watch it yesterday, which at the time of this recording, so yesterday was the 23rd. It was so good. Like it, it was so, so good. Is it? Um, it's an hour um, and a half. Tay-Tay gets political. You oh, get to see the nitty gritty. Um, like real political or like reputation political? Like, is it like she gets into like politics or she gets into like both okay but mostly politics like she doesn't spend too much time on the kanye thing like it's acknowledged and talked about but not like ad nauseum um and also it was weird because obviously a lot of it was talking about the highlights of her career and the years that they happened Uh and it was funny when the clip came on of kanye coming up at the vmas um and being like beyonce had one of the greatest videos of all time i was remembering like oh yes i was in i was in a like a night bible class like i remember oh like getting out of that class and like seeing that on my twitter um because i'm also like taylor's just like a few months older than i am yeah. so i'm like oh i was that age too in this yeah. year anyway it was phenomenal i was super into it and i was so excited oh, that i got i can't to see wait because it. it's just now like showing at sundance um anyway so get you a friend who uh yeah who uh seriously works at netflix it was great do I know this Dan person? I actually don't know if you do. Ryan probably knows who he is. It's a friend of mine that I grew up with who is also down here now. Um, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it was pretty cool. cool. So I was up too late last night in Echo Park watching that. Nice. It's not how I saw my night turning out. Yeah. But I was also like in a house of gay men watching this with them. I was the nice. only lady there. So they probably loved it more than you did. They, oh, they 100% loved it more than uh, I did. But I also like started my period while I was there. And I like mm-hmm. was just laughing to myself. Like nothing in this house is made for the female body. Nope. Um, but it's fine. I had tampons in my purse. Oh, good. But uh, yeah, so that's the story. That's the story I wanted to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Speaking of periods, though, oh yeah, the first sponsor that I want is Thinks. Oh, tell because us, you have the underwear, yeah? I do. Tell us That's about all them. I use now. It's the best. So if you don't know what Thinks is, sorry TMI, you just bleed into your underwear. <laughs> well, you wear stuff, right? It's just as like a backup, or you just no. straight up bleed into your underwear. Straight up bleed into this the underwear. Is such good podcasting content. It really is. Wow. So I get the like super extra heavy duty ones. <laughs> Because I'm really more glad. TMI. Hey, got half the planet and a heavy flow. Half the planet has a period. It's true. I think a little bit more than half. Isn't it supposed to be like 51%? Probably. Probably. That's why I can't find a man because there's more of us yeah. than there are of them. It's, it's not half Anyways. the world, Ryan says. Anyway, okay, but thanks. Actually, that would yeah. probably save you and I both a bundle if we could get Seriously. Them to sponsor so us. thanks if you're listening. Fantastic. Shoot us up. Hit us up. Uh, hit us up where? Oh, on um, internets. 
what are what are our <laughs> handles there on the internet? <laughs> on Instagram, our handle is at lightweight true crime. And our Gmail is lwtruecrime at gmail.com. Fantastic. So yeah, hit us up hit there. Hit us up Thanks. there. Oh. Oh. This Wh- is the podcast, Lightweight True Crime, where two girls share a drink and a story. Yeah. Our drink for the do evening, as we said, is... Is not your father's root beer. It's delightful. And do you have a story? I do have a story to share with you. Are we ready for this? Okay. That's we now have transition music (laughs) brought to you by yours truly okay emily here's a story i have to tell you i'm a little bummed that i'm going first even though it's best for our like thematically oh my gosh why am i bleeding Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh ryan just said thanks it's from my wrist though i think i must have like Oh, when, when you, when you when like dropped drop your computer, computer or something? Wow, oh. this is really off to a good start. Okay. Ryan, go no, get no, a Band-Aid. Fine. They're on the uh, bathroom counter. Yeah, maybe counter. I do need a Band-Aid. Thank you. We have fun Valentine's ones. Cool. So. I'm really glad. Um, Do you guys have fun Valentine's Day plans? No. No. We don't really do Valentine's Day. Yeah, I've never done it, even in the yeah. years where I've been in a relationship. It's also two days after my birthday, so I'm still in that like birthday right. glow. Uh, so, yeah. I'm not like... I hate Valentine's Day. It's so consumeristic. It's just like, eh. Yeah. I, I don't have like strong feelings about it one way yeah. or the other. Um, I do. I, I have loved though in the years I wasn't in a relationship going out with my girlfriends on Valentine's yeah. Day. That's honestly been the best yeah. part. Oh, thanks, dad. Ryan, just, I think you have to put it on me because I am holding a microphone. What a good dad. He is. He made us dinner tonight. He did. He made us some grilled cheeses. And now he's putting you know, he's a putting Valentine's Band-Aid Day on. Band-Aid on my wrist. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Dad. Such a good right father. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Okay. I'm going to tell yes. you a true crime story. So I was saying I'm kind of bummed that I'm going first because you're clearly, like, too lit to quit right now. So I'm, I'm hoping, so lit. I'm hoping that that stays. So I might fall asleep if your story is boring. Emily, don't talk to me like that. It's going to be great. Okay. I'm going to tell you the story of Kimberly Alice King. So in September of 1979, 12-year-old Kimberly Alice King was visiting her grandparents in Warren, Michigan. It was also super close to where she grew up. Cool. On the night of the 15th, so September 15th, she slept over at her friend Annie's house, who lived just across the street from her grandparents. So, totally normal occurrence. At 11 p.m., her older sister Connie got a phone call from her, and it was Kimberly saying that she had snuck out of her friend's home and was calling from a payphone that was within walking distance of her friend's house. Kimberly said that she had snuck out of Annie's house through a bedroom window. Did you say how old she was? 12. Okay. So this was not totally out of character. Kimberly had been known to sneak out at night, but always returned home. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a weird thing, but also something she had done before. Yeah. Um, probably just because like it felt dangerous and she was becoming a preteen and like yeah. didn't want people telling her what to do or some reason that we're not aware of. Anyway. Uh, So Connie, her older sister, who she called on the payphone, she was like, it's way too late for you to be outside, especially by yourself. You need to go back to Annie's house right away. And that was the last time anybody ever heard from Kimberly King. 
So the next day, Kimberly's family reports her missing because, right, even though she had snuck out before, she had always come back and had yeah. never let them worry like this before. And was the rest of the family visiting the grandparents? I think, or? I think it was like they lived in a nearby town, So, but she was Got the only it. one visiting her grandparents. Um, so they report her missing, but there are very few leads to go off of. Investigators didn't even know where to find the payphone Kimberly allegedly used to call yeah. Connie. She had told her sister she was super close to her grandparents in Annie's neighborhood, but one witness said that he had seen a girl matching Kimberly's description using a payphone several miles away from that neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. So because she had been known to stay out all night before, her case was originally classified as a possible runaway, yeah. our favorite thing. But in this case, it's like... logical that they did that totally and i guess one of she had two older sisters like one of her older sisters actually had run away one time Mm. so it's not yeah it wasn't out of the question so but however as time went on investigators assumed she had not gone gone missing by her own choice um with current day warren police department detective ken mars saying initially from what i could tell the detective assigned the case thought she was a typical runaway and we would be back in a couple of days but obviously she met up with foul play because we never heard from her again So in the first few years after Kimberly went missing, police had multiple false sightings of a girl who was the same age and looked like Kimberly. The girl hung out at the same places and according to Detective Mars, eerily looked like Kim. Oh, so all these people are reporting all the these people, same girl. All these people are like, we've oh. seen Kimberly, but they're all re- re- reporting, reporting this the same one girl. girl who's yeah. not Kimberly. Who's not her. So Whoa, that's it gets, eerie. It gets to this point where the girl comes to the precinct to be photographed and to like officially confirm that she is not Kimberly King. Yeah. So with nothing else to go on, her disappearance eventually becomes a cold case. But her family never gives up looking for her, and her sister is kept in contact with her friends, with Kimberly's friends, hoping that one day they would unearth something that would lead them to where she was. So as time went on, authorities theorized that Kimberly may have been a victim of a serial killer who targeted children in Oakland County, (gasps) Michigan. What? Where Warren, Michigan is, right? So this killer that I don't think police nicknamed him this, probably the media did. Sorry, burping the root beer. Um, they nicknamed him the babysitter because he bathed and fed the children prior to their deaths. Um, Brian's like, what? So, and this serial killer is believed to be responsible for the abductions and murders of two boys and two girls in 1976 and 1977 in the same area where Kimberly was last seen. However, the difference being that victims of the babysitter were left out in plain sight where yeah. they were easily, their bodies were easily found while Kimberly's remains have never been found. Yeah. So a man named David Norberg, who lived two streets away from Kimberly, was also considered a suspect in the case for many years. He was killed in a car crash in 1981, only a few years after Kimberly went missing, But after his death, jewelry allegedly belonging to several of the Oakland County child victims was found among his belongings. Right? I've never heard of this this guy. Isn't this bananas? So wait, it gets weirder. So he's initially a suspect um, in Kimberly's disappearance and in the Oakland County Uh kids' murders, which we're not sure are connected or not. He dies and they find all this jewelry allegedly belonging to them, which part of me is like, kids have jewelry, but... 
I, I don't know. Maybe like yeah, maybe they wore I don't crosses. Know. I don't know. Or a purity ring. You know? <laughs> there you go. Sure. Um, so after they find the jewelry, they exhume Norberg's body to compare his DNA. Well, actually, maybe it wasn't even the jewelry because DNA wouldn't be a thing till like late nineties. Yeah. But they exhume his body to compare his DNA to a strand of hair found on one of the Oakland County victims. Only for the police to then tell the public that it wasn't a match, which uh, doesn't mean yeah. which doesn't mean he wasn't the killer. It just means that that hair on that kid's body wasn't his wasn't his right. So despite this, they didn't rule David Norberg out as a suspect for Kimberly's case or the Oakland child murders. Then in 2018, right? I'm not yeah. going to try and do the math, but a long time after Kimberly is disappears. Yeah. Authorities announced that a man named Arthur Ream was a possible suspect in Kimberly's case and in the disappearance of four to six other young women in the area. Not the Oakland County child's um, victims. I think there's some overlap. Okay. So, but I'll tell you why. Okay, okay. So, Arthur Ream had been sentenced to life in prison without parole in 2008 for the rape and murder of 13-year-old Cynthia Zarzyki. Z-A-R-Z-Y-C-K-I. Hard to say. So he was sentenced to life in prison in 2008 for the murder and rape of this 13-year-old girl who she had disappeared in 1986 and at the time was dating his 13-year-old son. Oh. So when he was convicted... So when he was convicted of Cynthia's murder, he was already serving a 15-year sentence for sexual assault. So... This guy's bad news. He's already in prison when he's convicted of killing his son's girlfriend. Wait, so, so he killed his son's girlfriend, then got convicted for something else, and then... Because that girl was killed in 86, and he wasn't uh, convicted for her murder until 2008. Oh, yeah. So he was in prison in the oh meantime. Oh, my gosh. So Hi. Arthur Ream led authorities to Cynthia's remains in 2008, which is part of the reason yeah. why they know that he killed her. And then in 2018, after police got wind that he had been telling his cellmates that he was a serial killer, the police began digging in the area where he had led them to Cindy's body, mm. expecting to find the bodies of the other missing girls there. They were like super sure. Yeah. Oh, he's talking about this. This is where he dumped a body once before. There's like probably more. This is it. We're going to find them. However, no other human remains were located in that area. <sighs> And the digging stopped after one week. Oh, my gosh. How much were they even able to dig in one week? I don't know. But there was tons of like I crazy photos and news articles because people were like, oh, my gosh, they're going to find Kimberly King. They're going to find yeah. these other girls. Like, this is it. And so I don't know how much you can do in a week, but it <sighs> yeah. stopped after a week. So this that's in 2018. Then in August 2019, for a reason not released to the public, police resumed digging in Macomb Township, which is the area where uh -huh. he buried Cindy. Police announced that they had found, quote, items, end okay. quote, that they were sending to the crime lab, but declined to give any more information. Ugh. So we don't know why they started a year later after they didn't find yeah, anything. Yeah, we don't know again. what they found. We don't know what they found. What it means. Um, well, it's not been very long since August 2019. Yeah. So Kimberly Alice King's grandmother died in 1995, mm. the one she had been yeah. visiting. But prior to her death, she'd purchased a cemetery plot for her granddaughter next to hers, hoping oh. that she would be reunited with her granddaughter one way or another. Oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah. 
Kimberly's two sisters still hope she may be located, but to this day, her body has never been found and the case remains unsolved. (sighs) And that is the story of the disappearance of Kimberly Alice King. That's nuts. Isn't that wild? I had no idea that you were going to link it to the Oakland County child murders. Are you aware? Was that something you knew about? Okay, see, I didn't know about that. That just like, I like, it's not one of the cases that's like always you know, at the top of my list. Sure. But it's something that, like, I've heard enough about that, like, I feel like I know a lot of the important details. Yeah. And watched, I saw that you had a post-it note at one point for the Snow Children on Hulu. What? Maybe it wasn't your post-it note. In what world are you looking at my post-it notes? I think you left it at our house. No, that must have been your other friend who writes down things about true crime because I don't even know who the Snow Children are. It's a show on Hulu. Yeah, you've about got some weird it. friends. Yeah. Well, this has been Awkward Corner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like post-it notes on my computer. I'm be like, Emily, stop sno- no, like, snooping on my not, computer. Oh, yeah. Not like the application post-it notes. Like a real <laughs> post-it note. I, I also didn't write a post-it note about that. but Then I don't know. Mm. Mystery. Mystery. All right. Anyways. Tell me a story. So this is the murder of Pearl Bryan. Okay. So in 1893, this is way back. Scott Jackson is visiting his mother in Greencastle, Indiana, when he is introduced to a 19-year-old girl named Pearl Bryan. Pearl was the youngest of 12 children in the Bryan family, which is like nuts that you can have 12 children. But then again, it was 18 the 18 whatever no saying as the pill exactly and pearl was described as having the almost flawless complexion of an unspoiled country girl mm. we all know like what me. that means me? yep yeah yeah just like you um and they start dating and they're kind of doing long distance because scott is attending dental school in cincinnati and then sometime in the winter um between the, like December 1895 and January 1896, Pearl discovers that she's pregnant, which it's the 1890s, super sketchy to like be un- unwed and pregnant. Everyone disapproves of it. So Pearl confides in her second cousin, Will Woods, who happens to be a friend of Scott's. And so Will writes a letter to Scott saying, hey, my cousin's pregnant. And Scott writes back saying, tell the girl to come to Cincinnati. So Pearl, it's some some places say Pearl thought that this meant that he was going to marry her. Some places thought that this meant he was going to pay for her to have an abortion. Um, so either way, she packs a bag and she tells her parents that she's going to go visit some friends in Indianapolis. But she actually goes to Cincinnati. Um, so on January 28th of 19... 19- Oh my gosh, of 1896, she arrives in Cincinnati. Um, and two days later, so January 30th, a body is found on a farm in Fort Thompson, Kentucky, which is just across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Um, and the body was found in like some bushes. Um, and so a boy who worked on the farm came across the body and then ran and went to go get the police. And so when the police came, And they go to like, you know, they touch the body and move it around because it's the 1800s. There's no like DNA or anything. They notice that there's no head. Oh, so yikes. The crime scene is like 
covered in blood. There's lots of leaves, lots of bushes that are just covered in blood. And um, so like she was most likely killed there. Yeah. Covered in yeah. Blood. So there's so much blood that they they think that that's where she's killed. Um, some places say that there's like blood on her legs. So they're thinking that she was either given an abortion or it went wrong or something. Um, but there was also blood on the top of her body, which means that she was probably alive when her head was cut off. Yikes. Yeah. So word gets out that there's been a body found on this farm and people start coming in from like everywhere to like, Let's see this body. Let's see this crime scene because true crime has been popular forever. Ever, ever. And so people come to like collect souvenirs. So this isn't like there was no like forensic science. So like people were allowed to just come and take leaves that have blood on them. And so when the Bryan family hears about this murder, they're like, we're not too far. Let's go check it out. Not even thinking it's a slow sunday afternoon right what, what else do we have Heard to there's do? some bloody bushes let's go get some sign me up <laughs> so they don't even suspect that it's pearl because they think she's in indianapolis visiting friends but once the police come and they they look at all the clothes and everything there's a tag still on the shoes that leads back to green castle um which is where the bryans live um, and so by the time the Bryan family gets down there, they have Pearl's mother ID the body and she's able to confirm that it's Pearl because Pearl and the body both have webbed toes, which I guess is not very common. I've never seen anyone with webbed toes. Yeah. Either. But yeah, if you don't have a face to go off of. Yeah. I would like to think that I'd be able to identify my loved ones without their heads. I would probably be able to identify Ryan. And your child. Not that you're ever going to have to yeah. identify your child. Sorry, that's a dark thought. No, but I'm just but thinking yeah. like, sorry, now I'm picturing all my loved ones without their heads. <laughs> and I'm trying to think. I feel like I'd know. Yeah. Like I'd know their hands. I'd know yeah. their legs. I'd know their feet. Like my close yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking purely like like stomach torso area and i'm oh. like i don't think i'd be able to id anybody no, but ryan that'd be tougher yeah. yeah but like hands and legs probably yeah anyway anyways keep going so they id her and so soon after that scott jackson is arrested along with his roommate alonzo walling um and the records that i have found are conflicting so some places say the plan was always okay when she gets here we're gonna kill her and some say that the plan was hey we're both in dental school we're smart we can do an abortion and it'd be fine <laughs> and Treating then it went a cavity wrong. is basically the exactly same thing. Yeah. They're, both yeah. <laughs> they're both cavities <laughs> yes yeah so either way Something went wrong and they killed her. Mm -hmm. And both of the boys blame each other. And then in a very theatrical trial, which is like the whole nation is watching this trial. Um, one of my sources was actually a news article from San Francisco at the time, which wow. is like nuts. Um, so both boys are found guilty and sentenced to hang. And while they're waiting for the execution, um, there, there's rumors that the Bryan family is going to come and break them out and lynch them themselves. Oh, wow. So they're, the boys are like so scared that that's going to happen 
that even during like a prison break in the jail that they were at, they stayed in their cell. Oh my god! Because they were like, it is safer for us to be in prison wow. than to be out in the world. And while they're in there, tons of girls are like writing them letters. Some of them, what? Even, yeah. Some of them even come show up and say like, no, he was with me on that day. Like trying to give them alibis. Oh my gosh. They become known as these like heartthrob murderers, which is like. I hate that a lot. I know. So nuts. So on the day that they are scheduled to be executed, it's 1987. So it's been. It's not 1987. Oh my gosh. I wrote 1987. Thank you. 1897? It's 1897. So it's been like. A year since she was killed. Like justice moved fast back then. (laughs) So they're scheduled to be hung at 7 a.m. And all day Scott is like telling the like sheriffs and stuff like, no, don't hang me yet. I'll give you more information. Like I just have to wait like this long. So they keep like pushing it back later and later. And for like weeks leading up to the execution, the sheriff and the governor were writing back and forth. Like he keeps saying he's going to tell us something. Should we believe him? Should we like, is this a tactic? And so finally at 11 a.m. that day, so it's been four hours since they were supposed to be hung. The sheriff goes to Scott and says, hey, if you tell me where the head is, then I'm going to I'll spare your friend Walling. And he says, wait, if you tell me where the head is, I won't hang your friend. Yeah. But I'm still going to hang you. Yeah. Interesting tactic. I feel like you'd have better luck if you'd say, I know I won't hang you or both of you. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But Scott says, no, I'm not going to tell you. And both of them get hung at 11, 14 a.m. And her head has not been found. Wow. So um, Scott and um, Alonzo Walling are the last people to be hung in Newport, Kentucky. Wow. Um, and somebody wrote of the murder, murder of Pearl Bryant saying it's the greatest tragedy of the 19th century. They obviously forgot that the civil war <laughs> also <laughs> happened in the 19th century. Slavery was a thing in the yeah. 19th century. No, 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 no. But this white girl this, being killed. Yes. yes obviously yes, yes. very tragic. Yes. Yes. A bad thing. But undoubtedly. I'm going to go ahead and say, maybe controversially, it wasn't the greatest tragedy. Right. Right. A tragedy, but not the greatest. Um, and so her body is buried in a family plot in Indiana and her tombstone ended up having to be removed because people kept coming and like chipping pieces off of it. Oh, my gosh. So there's still like the base of it there and people come and they leave pennies head side up on her grave to give her her head back. I don't know whether that's precious or really, really yeah. weird. I think it's kind of both. Yeah. Like, who is the first person that was like, I know. I'm going to give her a head. Right. Wow. Yeah. It never fails to amaze me the lengths that, right? So we're talking about late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Even up until, I mean, obviously it persists now, but even especially through like the 60s and 70s like 1960s and 70s the lengths that people will go to to conceal like pregnancy that happens out of wedlock like it's a disease that other people are going to catch you know like it's like she cannot be seen she cannot be heard of like I I listened to this great podcast called Family Secrets yeah and I've talked about it 
and the listen ep- to that one episode yeah like and there's a few episodes about like girls who get pregnant as teenagers and granted like it's an, an another layer of like of it being complicated when you're a teenager but it's still like shame is the main issue there where they're sent away to these homes where they don't get to know each other's first names so it could never be traced back to them and then their kids are like taken from them against their will because how dare a teenager raise a child right like and just the the fact that like the shame and honor like that's present there that it's like nobody's gonna die like this this girl is pregnant she's not wrong or bad for like having a sexual drive and also like you don't know how that child came to be conceived it's just crazy to me like how that persists yeah when it's like she could have just been like mom and dad i'm pregnant or yeah or to her baby daddy or you know yeah and even she had 11 older brothers and sisters right like people would probably believe that the baby was her mom's right people have done that from time in memoriam. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but Ted Bundy and Jack Nichols both were told that their moms were their sisters. Ted Bundy, the serial killer, and Jack Nichols, the actor? Uh-huh. The guy from The Shining. That's Jack Nichols, right? Isn't or is that Jack, Jack Nicholson? Nicholson? I think it's Nicholson. Ryan? He doesn't care. I think it's Nicholson. Okay. Ryan, who's the one who has had season floor seats to the lakers yeah jack nicholson in the sunglasses yeah yeah jack nicholson okay ted bundy and jack nicholson that their moms were their sisters yeah Yeah, i mean because they were teens it totally happens yeah it 100 percent happens like like my my father uh, my father fathered a child in high school and his girlfriend my brother's mother was like sent away yeah during the like the the later months of her pregnancy and is like, first of all, dude, everyone knows she's pregnant. Like yeah. that's not a secret. Yeah. And also just to like further isolate and shame young women. Like I think of that movie Juno. Did you ever see it? Yeah. I loved that movie. And she talks to uh, Michael Sarah's character and how like you don't have to wear the evidence of what we did under right. your sweater. Yeah. Um anyway, I just think that the like the sociological elements of that are fascinating. It's, yeah. That's a really good story. I know. Um, this is consider this like a pre detox question because uh-huh. it, your story made me think of this detox, by the way, is, uh, for our beloved listeners, um, is where we ask each other questions to detox from the horror that we've been discussing yeah. as well as the alcohol. But this is, can't be a true detox because it's also still murdery. Okay. Um, but where would you hide a body or what would like, if you killed someone, what would you do? Where would you take the body? I heard. I know. I don't know. worry. I have an actual detox after it, Ryan. Ryan, that's not a detox. Um, I, I don't know if I heard this or saw it, but somebody had said that either when they were a kid or they heard some kids say this, that they would send an anonymous tip to the police and say, there's a dead body in this place. And the police would come and they would dig all around and they wouldn't find a body. And then they would put the body there so that like later interesting police would be like, no, there's nothing there. We've already dug it up there. I feel like that's could be either really brilliant or really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But I get it. But where would that place be for you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. See, it's hard because you initially want to like, because my first thought is the farm where I grew up. Yeah. But also that's a terrible idea because that's the first place anyone would look. Yeah. So because all we want to, 
like the first places we think of are places that are connected to connected us. Connected to us, yeah. Um, but I'm just like, put it in the creek, bury it in the field, and you know, then the yeah. farmer is going to till it up, and there's nothing there. Actually, there probably would be st- still be stuff there. Like, I think really the problem is that like, I'm really weak. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to take a body anywhere. Oh, I mean, no, me either. I don't have the upper body strength for yeah. sure. Um. So don't worry, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> thinks I'm going to murder him. You're not going to chop him up in his sleep. Okay, so here's the actual detox question. Okay. Because that's still pretty murdery. Yeah. Um, I think I've been thinking about this because of uh, the... I haven't seen it yet. I know I'm very busy right now. I hear everyone yelling, you have to go see Little Women. Yes, I know. I haven't seen it either. So okay. stop yelling at us. Stop yelling. God. Um, I loved the book as a child. Is it growing up? Yeah. It was phenomenal. What is, but then I started thinking about like books. Um, what is the book you think you've read the most times cover to cover? That's a good, the, qu- the, the question, the, I think the book that I've read the most is a book called Go Ask Alice. <gasps> yes. Yeah. It's really good. So for those who don't know, it's, a journal from a real person mm-hmm. in like the sixties and seventies, a teenage girl who like it starts out. She's just this normal teenage girl. And then at a party gets slipped LSD and just spirals into all kinds of drugs and mental health issues. Um, and so it's the real journal. Um, you don't know whose it is. It's all anonymous. Um, but it's really good and it's really like it's a really easy read because it's like you know it's in like journal form so it's not like long chapters it's like how you would write a journal um and it's like each like chapter is pretty short so i think so do you remember how old you were the first time you read it i think i was in high school yeah and what about it like made you keep coming back to it i think it's it's just so interesting that it's like you're in the mind of a real person who's struggling with so much and like you can just see the like pure humanity in like so many times she tries to like get clean and make Mm -hmm. things right and then like meets a boy who then brings her back into drugs uh, or meets a friend who brings her back into drugs or like a bully like says something mean to her and she just spirals out again. And so it's like, it's so relatable because she's just so human Mm -hmm. and so honest in it too, because obviously like it's her diary. She wasn't thinking anyone was going to read it. Yeah. Which I feel like might be an invasion of privacy, but I know that it was like her parents who were like, we want to publish this to help help other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've read it once. It's yeah. not super fresh in my mind, but I yeah. do remember reading it in high school. That is a really good book. I have a copy because I lent my friend a copy. I don't remember who it was, but I lent my friend a copy and then she lost it. And so then I found a copy at like this used bookstore and it has like all tons of notes in Korean in it. Oh, interesting. And then my friend found my copy. So now I have two copies. <laughs> One has notes in Korean. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you got to find somebody who speaks Korean to translate I know. the notes for you. Yeah. That's hilarious. What about you? Um, hmm. I think probably it would be Anne of Green Gables. Interesting. Probably the first one. I've read, 
I think there's three. There might be four. Um, but I've read all of them, but I've probably read the first one the most times. I was very into Anne of Green Gables. Um, I was, as a child, my extended family used to call me Marion the Librarian because I always <laughs> had my nose in a book somewhere. Um, but yeah, Anne of Green Gables is one of my favorites. I've been using um, the Calm app to fall asleep oh, nice. lately. And one of the sleep stories what am I oh, using? Yeah, LeBron. Oh, yes. LeBron does have a, a session on c- the call map. Oh, nice. Um, I have not done it, though. It's He doesn't do a sleep story. I think he talks about, like, training your mind or something. And I'm like, listen, Makes LeBron, sense. I clearly know everything there is to know about fitness and sports. I don't need yeah, you Yeah, we don't need you. Um, but one of the sleep stories uh, is, like, uh, like the first chapter of Anne of Green Gables or oh, anything. Nice, yeah. But I've been listening to that as I've been falling asleep. I've also been like sleeping really well ever since I've started. Oh, nice. Regularly is it something it. you pay for? Yeah. So it's, I think it's like 60 bucks a year, but at the end of last year they did a, like a deal okay. for $35. Nice. Um, you can use, like you can use like a, like a light, like a diet version of it. Uh-huh. For free. Um, but the full version is so great. Like different, like meditations to help you fall asleep or to help soothe anxiety and, uh, and then sleep stories. Cause I have, like gotten into the terrible habit of falling asleep to the TV, yeah, which is really bad for you. And then I always wake up a bunch during the night and I can't fall back yeah. asleep. They have specific meditations for like, so you've woken up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Let us go calmly back to dreamland. Like, oh my god, it's been really, really good for me. So that Anne of Green Gables nice. is the answer. But then I like got off on my call now. Yeah. Um, is it because you think you are Anne of Green Gables? Doesn't she live on a farm? She gets adopted by people on a farm. Oh. And she's kind of this like bizarre, precocious kid, which I can absolutely relate to. Um, and just like the way she talks about the world and yeah. like, dreams about things. So, yes, Anne of Green Gables. Also like Call Map sponsor us. So that way we could all yeah. have memberships and not have to pay for anything. I fall asleep when Ryan's not here. I fall asleep to the podcast Lore. Why because on God's good earth would you follow asleep because to that podcast? Aaron Mankey is such a good storyteller. Yeah. And the way he tells stories and the music in the background is just like so comforting. <laughs> There's one episode though when Ryan when Ryan was gone. I don't think he was gone. I think it was last weekend when he was at NAM, the m- music convention. Follow thing. at Gear Fever. Yeah. Follow at Gear Fever. Um so he just wasn't home yet. And I started, I just put a random episode on and started listening and then like realized what it was. And it was all about like parasites and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I can't fall asleep <laughs> to this one. So I like had to put a different one on. I try to pick the ones that are like, not like typhoid Mary sure, and sure. like ghosts and stuff. But Aaron Mankey's voice is just <laughs> so soothing. There's a sleep story that Matthew McConaughey reads. There's mm-hmm. another one that Nick Offerman, um, Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. I can't imagine that would be soothing. It weirdly is. He's telling the story of the big, uh, the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. But Weird. but it's they're always like sleep story edited. So it's like the big bad wolf learns mindfulness or like yeah it's it's great. So yeah, maybe trade that from your uh, parasite talks that you're listening yeah. to to fall asleep. No, I usually fall asleep to How I Met Your Mother or mm, Sports Center. Him, no. him. Yeah. Because we used to fall asleep to Friends. Right. And now it's not on Netflix. And now it's not on Netflix. Bum City. Yeah. 
Um, so don't forget to listen, rate, review, subscribe. We got and our follow. first like. I mean, people have given us stars and whatnot, but we got our first, got real our first rev- review. word review. I know. Shout out to Angelica Heine. Follow us on Instagram. Send us some uh, story ideas or some deep tax questions, questions to our Gmail. Gmail. Remind me what that is. LW True Crime at Gmail lwtruecrime at gmail.com and that has been another that has episode been another episode uh, now she's just repeating me <laughs> now she's just repeating me <laughs> okay seriously though cheers, Just gonna start having us record with the sports on in the background. Okay, we're ready? Yeah.